Welcome everybody to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. And I'm BJ! Whee! And this week, we're going to be talking about a lot of Dragon Quest stuff. Uh, for those of you who may not know, I'm pretty sure everybody knows at this point, but Koichi Sugiyama, the composer for Dragon Quest for like 35 years, died last week. And it yeah. happened before, it happened after rather, we had recorded last week's episode, but before the episode went live. So we didn't really talk about that very much last week. So we're going to be talking about him, music and Dragon Quest in general, and then where the series could go from here. Before we do all that, though, I have to issue a correction. <laughs> ah, look at you. Uh, I actually really loved the fishing mini game in Tales of the <laughs> Yeah, you finally got your trophy yesterday. So it's uh, I, I'm really, truly shocked about that you enjoyed it doing that, enjoyed doing that. And this is why I like it. I'm not just going to say I liked it. I'm, I got to explain why really quickly. Uh, be, but it's because of how easily accessible it was and how kind of easy it was to do, because you can go you can pretty much fast travel to a campsite near every fishing location in the game, which means okay. which means it's easy to you know zip in and out. I almost called it Zoom, but it's not Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> zoom and Tales of Arise. But Same you can, thing. Yeah, you can you can zip in and out right there for most of the fishing spots. So it's really easy to get there, and then it shows you if you check, it shows you all the fish that are available to catch in this location. It's usually like eight, I think, is the is the number that each of them have. And then it's in descending order for how hard they are to actually catch. Okay. But then beside each fish, there's also, it shows you what button presses to do. So like if you do, if you do triangle square, triangle square, you're more likely to draw in this fish than if you were just pressing X, 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 X over and over again. Mm. And so all of that makes it really easy. Plus there's lures you can find and the lures catch specific fish and it makes catching the boss fish, which are the rarest three star fish really easy because it's like you get the lure that catches the silver Marlin and then you go out to the ocean and throw it in and you do the right button press that you're supposed to do that the game tells you. And then you reel in the silver Marlin. And so it's like very easy to, to do that way. And it was actually a lot of fun. And that's why I said I was going to be, that if I didn't platinum the game, that this would be why. Yeah. But I had so much fun doing it. Like I still actually have probably like 10 cleanup trophies to finish up right yeah. now. Like Which I, was like, crazy to me. Like I, I assumed that that was going to be your last, your last trophy that you went for. Yeah. And it wasn't, I got, I ended up having so much fun that I just concentrated on that for a little while and wow. I really enjoyed it. And so I usually do not like fishing mini games in, in, video games but tales of arise was was good i liked it i am i enjoyed it. i'm truly shocked if more if more games had had a fishing mini game designed this way i think i would i would like it they made it it made it easy and fun and because it wasn't like so challenging kind of like you mentioned in a few weeks ago about how like okay you have to show up here between the hours of like 8 a.m and 9 a.m yep. game time and you have to use this rod and this lure to catch it and it's just like like that's overly complicated and I don't like it, but the way that yeah. it was handled in this game was really good. And I actually really liked it. So for anybody who heard me dumping on fishing uh, a few weeks ago, I actually like it in tells of <laughs> Which is great. I am, I am super happy that, uh, that you actually got it and it wasn't a, a true pain and that you're going to be able to get your platinum. 
Yeah, should. The skits trophy is glitched. I've, it's supposed to pop when you view 300 skits. Okay. Out of 320. And right now I viewed 302, and I still haven't got the trophy to pop. Huh. Yeah, and so I looked it up, and it looked like some other people had that problem too. And apparently you can, if you reminisce at the campfire, which is right. a way to watch the skits again, or I found out it's also a way to watch ones that you missed. So that way, so I guess the skits trophy isn't missable either. Oh, that's awesome. Like if they did that in other Tales games, I do not remember it at all. Yeah. And, and even the owl that I talk about that was missable because, you know, the game was like brand new. Yeah. So people were just kind of figuring these things out. But anyway, that owl, it's not missable either. If the ship sinks, then it shows up on the on the beach near a dock where you wash up after this ship sinks. Hmm. So you can still get it. So there's like no missable trophies for Tales of Arise, which is nice. It's really awesome. Yeah. Also had some follow-up questions from last week's episode. Uh, first one, uh, people had asked us why, did we know why they changed DQ10 Offline's uh, art and design style? They haven't announced it yet. Like, they haven't announced why they did, but I'm assuming it to make it far more accessible on different platforms like mobile, uh, like they did the Final Fantasy 15 Pocket Edition. Yeah, but it's not coming to mobile. They've already announced all the platforms for it, though. And mobile's not part of it? No. Huh, I thought it was. No, it's like PC or Steam, I think. Switch, PS4, PS5. Huh. Well, then I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I mentioned maybe last week in the episode that I was kind of afraid that maybe this was just instead of trying to target a Western audience, this was just trying to target little kids. True. And so maybe that's why. But yeah, as far as I know, I, I haven't seen any official reason for for them doing it. So sorry we failed you people who wanted to know. We don't we know did. either. Nope. <laughs> we just have a podcast. If, We're not all knowing. If, <laughs> if someone from Square Enix wants to tell us and uh, let us know, we would be glad to pass that information along. So if you're listening out there and you know, please let us know because I'd actually like to know too. Like that's, it's something that, uh, that I'd like to, to find out about the reasoning behind. Yeah. Uh, other question. This was in regards on discord. This was in regards to my Doric won't give me a puff puff. <laughs> uh, <laughs> last week asked if I tried farming the green dragon in heroes. Uh, and the short answer to that is yes. Uh, the long answer is that whenever I mentioned last week about how I was like frantically trying to find things online suggestions for, for how to get puff puff and everything. Right. And so one of the theories is that, you know, if you use them a bunch in your party, that it's more likely to get a puff puff. And so a suggestion that, that I've seen several places online is that you go to the dream green dragon, which is kind of mm -hmm. like a kind of sort of introductory boss fight at the very beginning of heroes. And, by the time you get to like later in the game, like where I am, it's like you can almost like one shot hit <laughs> the green dragon. Uh, it's one of those kind of like early bosses, you know? And so you just go in there, you fight that, then you get back to the ship and it's, and you just do that a whole bunch. It's more likely to get a puff puff from the characters that were in your party. And I mean, I tried that a little bit, but also it's like, it's really boring to just like farm the same easy peasy fight over and over again, you know? Can be, yeah. And so maybe I didn't do it enough, but I don't know. I tried it for a little bit, and I was like, I don't think this is working, and went and tried something else. So And it didn't work either, I'm assuming? No, still don't have a Puff Puff from Doric. I have not played, I haven't played it very much 
uh, since we recorded last week because I've been, I'm at the very end of Tales of Arise and I'm basically just cleaning up trophies before taking on the final boss. Oh yeah. And I've done, I did like the, I, I guess you would call them super bosses that you get trophies for. And I've done like the, you know, all the owls, which by the way, there was actually a third trophy for finding all 38 owls that I didn't know about. You get one at 32, which I thought was the final one, but then I got another one for 38. Um, oh. But I did like that, fishing and things like that in Tales of Arise so much. So I ha- haven't actually gone back to Spider-Man on PS4 or, or Dragon Quest Heroes since we recorded last week. But maybe this week I'll get back to it. Uh, all right. Dragon Quest, Koichi Sugiyama. Now, if yeah, you're interested we, oh, in oh, hearing, oh, I was just going to say, if you're interested in hearing like a longer discussion on Koichi Sugiyama as a person, uh, we did an episode. It was a Patreon patron uh, requested episode about Sugiyama music that we recorded probably like a year ago, like almost yeah, to the day. Been, yeah, it's been pretty close to a year ago. It uh, That's what I was about to say is that we have a full episode on him uh, back in our archives that you can that you can find. Yeah. So you can listen to that if you want a longer discussion just about uh, Sugiyama in general. Um, I, I, I'm kind of, kind of like we mentioned in that episode, and I don't want to repeat ourselves too much today is like, it's kind of like, um, I don't want to say I'm indifferent about somebody dying, <laughs> but it's just like, it's like, you know, he, he made some really good music for Dragon Quest games, but he also made like very de- disparaging marks for you know like the lgbtq community he you know denied uh war crimes and actively you know donated money to to extending that he also really wants people to smoke cigarettes (laughs) because he thinks it's like american propaganda that cigarettes kill and so just if you put all that down on paper that it's a war crime denying uh, wants you to smoke cigarettes. <laughs> he sounds like a Bond villain, right? Like racist almost- nationalist. Yeah. Uh, he 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 was not a very good person. And this is one of those situations where you have to separate the person from the art. And like his music is fantastic. I'm very glad that we have the music that he created for us. But at the same time, I don't really care that he died. I hate it that a person died. You hate like, it I hate it that there's yes, I hate it for his family. I hate it for everyone around him. But in terms of his ideas, I'm glad that they're not going to be spread anymore. Yeah, or at least, well, they'll probably be spread. It's not my well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I got you, and I think that's the thing. You just kind of have to compartmentalize it. But I mean, his music is good. We've talked about his music. His music plays when you listen to every episode of this podcast, and mm-hmm. we've talked about. We even did an episode. I think we did an episode. Was that just a fever dream? Back when I played uh, Theatrhythm Dragon Quest, we did an episode on that, right? Oh my God, I don't remember. I don't remember either, but I think we did. I can't remember. Here's the thing is that we talk about video games so much. I can't remember if that was just me and you talking about it or if we did it for the podcast. I don't know. If not, we should do an episode on that. No, you say that like we're going to have to go back and look because I really have I think no we no clue. I'm like 85% sure we did. But I'll, I'll check. Either way, let's assume that we did. And, you know, that was all Koichi Sugiyama's music. I mean, he's been a huge part of the series since its beginning. Uh, and I think that, that you know, it's the Dragon Quest series is maybe, is definitely going to be different without him. There's no, mm-hmm. 
I mean, yes, they're probably going to use Sugiyama's music in future entries. I mean, it's just like the Dragon Quest theme song is so iconic. It's like you can't really expect them not to uh, use it. It's kind of like how every Final Fantasy game uses that theme from Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. now. It's like yeah. it's so it's so memorable that they just use it all the time now. And I mean, it's one of those where they're definitely going to be using the motifs that he started. That all of the all of the stuff that that he created is going to continue along. Like people may remix it and and you know use it as a, a jumping off point. But there's no way that his music and the way that he wrote it is not going to be in these games. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think even now we're like what a week, a little less than a week maybe a week to the day uh, outside of uh, them announcing that Sugiyama had died. And so it's still, it's still a pretty new fresh thing for everybody. People are still arguing about it on Twitter. Last time I checked, I haven't really been Mm -hmm. on there much um, about about how you're supposed to like pay your respects to this guy and how horrible of a person he was. But I, my, my whole two cents with the whole thing is that, if you if you don't want people to talk bad about you after you die, maybe don't do bad things when you're alive. I mean, that's how I feel. Like it's <laughs> it, it it it's true. Like like I said, I do not like that he died. I am not happy that he died. It's just that he was a bad person and I'm not going to really it doesn't really affect me emotionally other than man, he sucked. Very talented but sucked. Yeah. A talented turd is still a turd. Maybe that's what people are going to say about me when I die. It's They're like, not going to say you're offered- talented. They're just going to say you're a turd. No, he's a turd, yeah. <laughs> like he offered everybody a bite of his sandwich and was a turd. He, like was, a, he was a turd who shared. It's true. Oh, <laughs> Sharing is caring. <laughs> Especially <laughs> when you're a turd. <laughs> yeah, it's just I- my odor. That That's all it is. That's the thing. I think that's the thing about Sugiyama too, is that when I... Like, Part of me feels like it's kind of irresponsible for people not to acknowledge like his like, you know, horrible political and social leanings and stuff. Yeah, because it's like you just see a photo of the guy and he looks like this nice little happy old grandpa holding like a little slime plush. But. That's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, BJ. I don't know. It's it's, it's just wait, I thought of the perfect metaphor and I'm going to get there um, and this will. I have a feeling this is the pull quote for the episode, <laughs> but Koichi Sugiyama is like, I remember when I was a kid, my brother and I, and it's topical because it's almost Halloween. My brother and I went to uh, Duncan Market, I think is what it's called there. Yeah, in Duncan's Market. Yeah the, yeah, the produce market. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Everyone else yep. doesn't know, it, but it's basically in this small little town. It's like the closest thing to like a farmer's market. Like it's like. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, you go get your produce at like Walmart or like Kroger, or you go to Duncan's. Yep. And, or you go buy it from the Amish people who live, you know, up, up you know, the, 10 minutes up, up the, the road. Way. And yeah. So good. And so I Duncan's Market, produce. Duncan's Market had, uh, you know, they put up pumpkins for like Thanksgiving or mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, Halloween. Halloween and, so, and Thanksgiving. I mean, they continue to have them for a while. Yeah. And so it was a thing, especially when we were younger, that sometime in October, we would go and get a pumpkin from Duncan's and... Uh, you know, we'd carve it up and all that kind of stuff like you do. Mm-hmm. And I remember one year uh, we went and picked out our pumpkins and that my brother, Micah, he picked out like this really nice, round, pretty pumpkin. 
And that was his pumpkin that he was going to carve. And then when we got home and we were, you know, you cut off the top of the pumpkin to start carving it and you pull out the guts and all that stuff. And when we got home to start doing that, like the inside of his pumpkin was just like super gross. Like it was like, (laughs) it was like black and stinky. And like, it was just, you couldn't tell from the outside because it looked, it looked fine, perfectly fine on the outside, but it was all like nasty and stinky on the inside. And that's Koichi Sugiyama. <laughs> it's true. It looks it looks perfectly fine on the outside and is shriveled and rotten on the inside. Yeah. Koichi Sugiyama is a bad pumpkin. That's the takeaway. It, it's it's true. And like I said, it makes me sad. It makes me really sad. But like you said, it's doing a disservice to everybody in terms of not discussing his viewpoints and the things that he spent his life doing. And and, it, and uh, victims and victims' families of those war crimes. <laughs> yes, I mean it's it's disregarding so many awful things in the in the name of his his art, which you can do both. That that we love his music. He was just a horrible human being, and it's one of those things. Like it really bugs me when people deify and really. Uh, elevate people after they die as being these wonderful human beings uh who weren't and who was like he was always so kind and it's like no nah, he was mean to me every day of his life kind of thing it's yeah. like uh like it's uh, why i love orson scott card's uh speaker for the dead who also is a turd human being and i don't like but is a magnificent sci-fi writer speaker for the dead is the idea about telling someone's life as it was after they die And that was what my dad wanted me to do after he died and gave his eulogy. And I talked about my dad, not that he was always a wonderful, perfect person, but the things that I saw as my dad and things I knew of him. And I think that's what we have to do to really be respectful of people's lives and the lives that they lived, not sugarcoat the bad things and also not uh, not sugarcoat the bad things and not deify the things that they have have done well in and being disproportionate to the bad things i mean there are things that people are going to say about us when we're dead that are going to be like man those two were were awful they're already saying it bj they're not waiting for us to die (laughs) that's true that's true uh thanks guys i really appreciate that uh listeners um but but really, I think that uh, that there's way too much of a a habit of putting people's lives and the things that they did more often on the back burner to look at the good things when I think that it's disrespectful to uh, even if they are bad things. I think it's disrespectful to everything uh, and everybody involved if you don't address somebody's whole life and just look at uh, a handful of things just because you're doing it in some sort of misplaced respect, misplaced idea of respect. Yeah, I get you. It's kind of like talking about a vegetarian painter who loved his dog a lot, whose name was Hitler. (laughs) 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 What? (laughs) That was my head exploding. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, for real. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so... Uh, so we are going to talk about, we're going to move on from here and talk more about the music, like like Sugiyama's musical legacy and also what it means for the future of the series. Uh, but before we do that, let's have a little shameless self-promotion. Oh, it's so shameless. We're so shameless. We're not too poor, but we want your money anyway. Shameless. 
So we do have a Patreon page if you want to help support this garbage. And you can find that <laughs> on patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. And a huge shout out to all of our patrons for helping support this podcast for going on like two and a half years now for some of you guys. So thank Which you very much for that. It's crazy. incredible. It is. It and really we is. Didn't think, we didn't think starting out that we would have enough stuff to talk about weekly, and we didn't know how long this would last. So that's crazy to me. So it, it's fantastic. And it, in addition, if you would like to support this garbage, you can buy some garbage uh, by going to dragonquest.fm slash merch and buying like cool sweatshirts that you can wear our face on. Which oh, is I didn't know awesome and weird. Yeah, you know we've sold it. You know Ryan bought. I mean, I knew like, I, I knew like Ryan, Kevin. I, I mean, I, I know I know people have bought it because you know of, of seeing people online share it and you know getting money from it. But but I didn't know you could go to dragonquest.fm slash merch and find it. Well, I set it up about 15 minutes ago, so oh, okay. you wouldn't. Uh, also, you can also, if the link for some reason doesn't work, you can go to geek2geekmedia.com, and there is a merch button in the head, uh, the in the header bar. So uh, click that too. But if the link should be uh, live by the time you listen to this, cool. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> cool. I also wanted to uh, talk for a moment. The Dragon Quest Ten event is coming back to Final Fantasy fourteen on October 19th. And we talked about this last year, last summer when they brought it back for a little bit. Yeah. And we, we, you, I guess I should say streamed it. I was there talking to you, but you streamed it. And uh, so now is a really good time to check it out. You get like some cool, you get a little Brickman minion that ever since I've gotten it, it's my minion that follows me around in that game. You get like a slime hat and a, a thugs mug, uh, which, you know, makes you look like one of those muscly dudes who walks around saying core blimey all the time and uh so so it's pretty cool so i just wanted to in case people weren't aware of that uh the dq10 event coming back final fantasy 14 october 19th uh so check that out because it, it's worthwhile i think i have fun doing it done it yeah i've always like liked two or three it. times and, now and i think it was one of those that was either was going on when we first started playing a realm reborn or it started just immediately afterward. And so it made, like, I've had that Brickman the entire time I've played the game. And it's basically always my minion. I keep trying other things. And I'm like, you're not a golem. And yeah, just it was. And have it. Yeah, it was one of the first events. I remember them doing that. That mm -hmm. would have been like, I want to say it was like early 2014 when, when we got ours for the first time. I don't have that yeah. character anymore. So I got mine again this past year. It makes me sad character. that you don't too. Yeah, well, what are you gonna do? Uh, so anyway, playing at Square Enix for it. Like, so <laughs> grumble, 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 grumble. So Koichi Sugiyama, we've kind of talked about his music being in other Dragon Quest games. The big question I think for people now really is like, what what does the music sound like? And here's my here's my question for you, uh, your question for the day, and something that I've just kind of thought about is like, I don't know. I get that people people complain about Dragon Quest music, and you and I have defended it. Despite yes. despite not liking Sugiyama, you and I have defended the music and talked about how much we like it and things like that. People don't like the MIDI stuff, which it doesn't bother me so much. People don't like the, you know, think it's too repetitive, don't like how there's like nothing really new in Eleven and things like that. But it's like, to me, the, the music is just like the art style and just like the storytelling. It's like, you don't get... Or at least I don't 
uh, see people complaining like, oh man, you get sucked into a painting in this Dragon Quest game too. But yeah. yet, but yet they're like, oh man, this song is in Dragon Quest 2. And so it doesn't make sense that 2 isn't also. But but it doesn't make yeah. sense to me that people complain about the music that way. And it's like, I, yes, I would like some, you know, new new Dragon Quest music just as much as the next guy. But I also don't, I don't want like, I don't want the kind of hip, digitized, like, persona and recent final fantasy type music that has started appearing in a lot what's of really what's really weird about it is i love the music in persona 5 like i really really do like I, I legitimately like it and have listened to the soundtrack and jennifer hates it so much that like whenever i'm playing it on the tv she actually asked me to turn it down because she's so tired of hearing the music and i don't get tired of it like but uh I don't get tired of Dragon Quest like Sugiyama music either. It's because your wife has better taste in music than you. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Like objectively, she does. Like we've talked about this a lot. She and I do have very similar taste in music a lot of the time. Yeah. So it does make sense that she would ask you to turn down the persona music as well. Yeah. My my biggest thing is I just don't like music that seems overly produced and, and digital. Like I'm right. still much one of those like you know, I like hearing music that you can play that I can play in my garage. I can go grab my or my basement way back when I could go down there where my I had like, you know, guitar, bass, drum set, things like that down there. And I could, you know, hit record on my laptop and I could mix that music up myself and, and make it. That's the and kind of music I, I still like, as opposed to, you know, using a bunch of digital sounds and noises to make things and I like techno and EDM and stuff like that. Like I used to be super into techno in the uh, late nineties and early two thousands. So I like electronica and stuff like that. I'm Philip Seymour Hoffman in almost famous who <laughs> is like kind of grumpy about music and is like, rock is dead, man. That's, that's me. I'm that stereotype. And I'm Schmidt from new girl who, who they, we just watched new girl and uh, finished it last night as another, uh, watch through and uh it's one of those things where it's like i'm not like schmidt in terms of thinking edm is the only music but it's like i like that that's cool let's dance to that it's like inch, 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 inch. i love it not me so I, I think that's why maybe i like i like that kind of uh, i like overly processed music as well because i think it sounds neat yeah i think that i think that's why i like you know more of the orchestral stuff that dragon quest right. has and like even even in final fantasy 14 like i love nobuo yumatsu i mean i, I think He's a fantastic composer, loves so much of his music. But even in Final Fantasy XIV, like a lot of the like, you know, hard rock stuff that like people are loving in Shadowbringers, like I much prefer the more like folksy stuff that's in Stormblood as opposed to like hard rock that segues into like R&B and then like all of a sudden it's like, wow, am I listening to Shoegaze while I fight this boss? Like I, I, I like the, uh, I like the, Stormblood stuff better. And it's just it's a personal preference thing, but I think that does explain why I prefer the orchestral stuff that Sugiyama right. does. And I do like the orchestral stuff more than the MIDI stuff. Like I didn't think I would tell a difference because, like I I've mentioned before, that I'm not a music person, and like I don't I don't hear a whole lot. Like I don't have a music musician's ear. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't have I, I don't understand like nuances about music. And I didn't think I would be able to tell a difference in the MIDI version versus the orchestral version when, uh, I was going to say XIS, 11S came out. 
And I absolutely could because I went to the PC version of the old one and then to the Switch version of 11S. And it was like, oh, yeah, there's a there's a major difference here. And uh, it's something that I didn't think I'd be able to appreciate, but it does make a big difference. Yeah. Not enough that it would make me play a game like one over the other just for that. But it's, it is much, much better than the MIDI version. Yeah, and I can I can go on tangents about music that make me unbearable, <laughs> and I know it makes me unbearable. My he wife gets not real, wrong. My wife gets real tired of me uh, uh, talking about music over over the weekend. Actually, I went on this long talk, and I know she started zoning me out, but I just kept talking anyway about how. <laughs> and you're gonna laugh at this about how the Coheed and Cambria song, "Willing Well Three, Good Apollo Part Two, The Telling Truth." is one of the best compositions of music that has ever been written, whether you like the song or not, because of it bringing back themes from older songs. And it's like seven and a half minutes long. And then at the end, it starts bringing through as the writer in the story is like losing his mind. It brings back music from like their earlier albums to show him becoming like unstuck in time and losing his mind. And there's like motifs and stuff that get repeated, except this went on for like 20 minutes. And um, so there's a, there's a sneak peek into my life. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's more of a sneak peek into Grace's life <laughs> than, than yours. Uh, about uh, ha- about halfway through it, like she started off being semi-interested. And then about halfway through it, she was like, is this going to go on much longer? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm almost done. And we were kind of laughing about it. And then eventually she was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm really bored now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's fine. I'm gonna that is talking, one of the things I really anyway. appreciate about your wife is that when she's done, she tells you. And she's very upfront about it. She's like, I'm bored now. She's very it was like, yeah. I don't I don't care about what you're talking about anymore. She does tell you that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. she's not she's not mean. I don't want to no, make it sound mean. like No, it's not mean. That's the thing. It's not mean. It like makes you laugh when she says it. It does. You're like, well, okay, let's go do something else. <laughs> it, it's it's endearing, I guess. Is it the, is. Is the right word for it. Like it doesn't come across as like mean or naggy or anything. It's endearing nope, when nope, she does it to you. Not snarky, not even sarcastic. It's just straight up. I'm finished with this. Yeah, like me telling you I'm finished with this would come across as mean, I think. Yeah, because when you tell me you're finished with something, you're being mean. But if she told you that, I think you would just kind of laugh about it and then move on to something else. I would. Yeah, so there you go. It all has to do with temperament. She's nice and you're not. (laughs) Whatever, I'm nice. I tickle myself. New composer. Do you have any ideas for who should replace Sugiyama? Because he was announced, he was announced as the composer for Dragon Quest 12. And just I don't I don't want to say based on his laziness, but just based on the past couple of entries, I have to kind of assume that a lot of it was finished. I mean, he did some yeah. he did some pretty cool things with Dragon Quest 12 soundtrack, like all of it through all the versions. But Dragon Quest eleven, you mean? It, no, ten. Oh, I thought you said twelve. No, at Dragon Quest Twelve, he was announced as the composer, and right, I, I right, want right. to assume that he that he's probably done or was close to being finished with yeah. with doing anything like that. Because I mean, even if he did new music for it, you got to think it's probably only like one song, maybe two songs, if anything was new at all. And so, like, I'm assuming it'll be Dragon Quest Thirteen or a spinoff before we hear someone else's music. But and I've seen some seen some various like pe- guesses online from people about who. Uh, they think we'll replace him or whatever, but just who, who would you, if you could choose somebody, is there somebody you would like to see replace him? I don't know any other composers like other than like in terms of video game composers. Uh, Nobuo Ematsu is the only one I know. 
Like, so him. Maybe not even a name, but just like a game you played where you're like, man, the music here is really good. I wish they would do that to Dragon Quest. No, I don't really mm-hmm. pay that close of attention to the music in games. A lot of the times I turn music off in games, to hmm. be honest. I get, I get annoyed by music uh, when it is too yeah. repetitive. And uh, it also depends on if I'm playing online. Like, if I'm playing online with other people with voices and stuff, I'll turn music off. So, like, Final Fantasy XIV, there's a good chance I have the music off whenever we're all playing together. So, I may not hear any of the uh, the themes that you're talking about until I go play them in the jukebox or something or do it in a pug. And so, I honestly don't pay that close of attention to music. But uh, just thinking about games, Persona 5. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you're no, for real. I really don't know. Uh, I, I really don't pay close enough attention to honestly give a real answer to it. Yeah, I got you. Okay. I mean, I like Final Fantasy music, so I mean, really, he would be the one that if they're if he doesn't have anything, if the composition's finished, obviously, I mean, it's not recorded all the way, but uh, if at all, but if he doesn't have compositions finished, I would think that uh, Imatsu would be the one to do it. I thought you were. Get, I thought maybe you would say John Williams. <laughs> No, like he, I like him, but uh, I like Michael Giacano and stuff like that as well. But I wouldn't think somebody like that would be. I, I was joking. Giacchino, excuse me, Giacchino. Yeah, I think John Williams is done, right? I think he's done. Yeah, I think he is uh, retired now. Yeah, I think so. Unless, unless we're both making it up, unless we're Nelson Mandela-ing this, uh, I think he's retired. I'm pretty sure he said episode nine was his last movie, right? Also, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, man, what a way to go out. Yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. I, I've thought about, I mean, there's games where like I'm playing them and like the music is good and I've enjoyed it, but just as like a a natural successor to Dragon Quest, I really, I really don't know either. It's hard to think about, I think the biggest thing here is that it's hard to think about Dragon Quest without one of those three people. Is because these three people, their names have been attached to like every Dragon Quest game for 35 years now. Right. And it's it's hard to think of the series without one of them and like where it would go. Or at least my my simple brain cannot wrap my head around it very well. Like I can't really think of anybody who I'm like, yeah, they should, you know, come over and do the soundtrack for Dragon Quest. Uh, Yasunori Mitsuda would be good. He did part of Chrono Triggers and the music there is fantastic. So, him. Hmm. I, I'm mad about Chrono Trigger overall, just as a, a, just right. a, in every aspect. So, I, I mean, maybe that's fine with me. I don't. I care. do actually like the music in Chrono Trigger. Thinking about it, I was like, yeah, I actually do like it. Hmm. Yeah, I don't remember hating it. I just don't remember it being like something that I was just like, yeah, this is awesome. And yeah. and very few soundtracks like get me that way anyway. Like video game soundtracks. So. So that could be part of it as well. I like the weird tiny song, especially from the beginning when uh, it's Gato Roboto, where you uh, go fight the, uh, the, have a sparring match with the robot. Really, it's just upbeat and happy and kind of funky. I like it. Huh. I think that the the biggest thing is that, you know, I, I want to say that we might not hear about a new Dragon Quest composer until next year. I mean, it's yeah. it's October. Sugiyama just died, and you know, Dragon Quest Twelve is still a, a little ways away. And so, I think that we will probably not hear anything about it uh, for a while. I want to assume. I mean, the safe the safe option here is that you choose 
there, there's been composers who have worked with him on like Dragon Quest spinoffs and things. Right. And so I think the I think the safe choice here is that you choose somebody like that who's familiar with working with Sugiyama, familiar with the series yeah. already, and choose them to do it. Or you just do a 180 and you get Radiohead's Johnny Greenwood to do your soundtrack. And then he ends up winning a bunch of Oscars. That would be great. And There Will Be Blood is an amazing movie. <laughs> I didn't know he did There Will Be Blood. Yeah. Yep. Cool. I've uh, never seen it. Dude, it's so good. I know. Don't go into your spiel. I know. You've, you've heard me do monologues from that movie so many times. Yes. That you, I know. <laughs> you feel like you've watched it, right? Pretty much. Like, I've, I've never actually seen the movie, and it's one where I want to see it and haven't ever cared enough to see it, though. So, oh, here's the thing, though. It's not the milkshake thing that everybody does. It's like more obscure monologues that I do. <laughs> and it's also from Gangs of New York as well, y'all. He also monologues Gangs of New York. I like Daniel Day-Lewis. I know you do. <laughs> and on that note... I'm going to start monologuing from my left foot next. Um, I don't even know what that is. Daniel Day-Lewis movie about... What was the artist? You know, he, he drew... He painted with his left foot. Ah, I'm blanking on the artist's name. What was his name? Lefty Footzer? No. I don't know. Hang on. I got to look this up really quickly and tell you. Christy Brown. Was the Never guy. heard of them. Look at some of the paintings. You'd probably recognize those at least. You uncultured yeah. swine. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, anyway, I think that about does it for us in today's episode. Thank you guys for listening. Remember, you can find us on Twitter at DragonQuestFM. If you want to support us, you can find us at patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. And if you want to talk to me individually, uh, you can find me on Twitter at DragonQuest. Find me on Twitter is at Professor Beege. You can listen to my other podcast, the geek to geek podcast, every Wednesday night uh, where your podcasts are downloaded. And if you want to buy merch, you can go to dragonquest.fm slash merch and get that and wear our pretty faces on your chest, which is awesome. But also you can join us on Discord at uh, geek2geekmedia.com slash Discord and we will uh, talk to you. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.